yeah. it's filled with Nazis. Like you have, you are slightly darker than the, you know, eggshell, and they're like, what? You look a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, slightly darker than eggshell. I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, again, know? I mean, I don't know what percentage of like in Ukraine so, you know, I mean, or Russia you- are, but your point is. Um, very no, well taken don't yeah. buy anybody's bullshit story about defending human rights about defending right. i mean it's all about interest it's all about politics i, I again i would say i just i slightly prefer putin to the ukrainian government because it does seem at least he represents a multi-ethnic coalition like as in you know there's significant number of muslims there's a number of jews you know in moscow in as I said, Azerbaijan. So I would imagine in policy-wise, he might be a slightly less racist than an ethnic nation state like Ukraine, who are, who is, they are, uh, they are, what's it called? They are bringing back Bandera, Bandera, Bandara, whatever his name is, this fucking a psychopath who used to, a collaborator with Nazis, basically, who used to go around killing Jews and gypsies. So, you know, I, I mean, they're all bad, but one, one might be a slightly better, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. And again, you, they're all forced into, you know, behaving in a certain way based on their geopolitical yeah. context and, and what, they're, what they're able to do. <laughs> the Nazi thing just reminded me of Kyle's take, though. What did Kyle say? He said that you call the president of Ukraine and you, you, say tell you him- disband, you disband all the Nazis. You, you do a clearance of Nazis <laughs> in your army. And as we all know, Nazis okay. famous yes. for being good little boys. Mm-hmm. You tell them to disband, they disband. It's- okay, no. thank you for that. Brilliant. <laughs> I wasn't aware. Okay, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> Can you imagine Nazis getting a call from Zelensky? <laughs> Somebody who's, by the way, like Jenk, well, I mean, this Jenk and a lot of other people keep saying, this is a Jewish man and his family was ha, have passed away in Holocaust. How can you say this is a Nazi regime? Um, what, like, what does that have to do with it? Like, I'm sorry, there's number of, there's significant number of uh, Muslim background people working in CIA. Does that make CIA not like responsible for what happens in Iraq. Well, I know people from Iran that work in CIA and shit. And, you know, does that make CIA is not, mm, don't <laughs> criticize CIA now. What the fuck does yeah. that mean? He's obviously they're using him as a human shield. I mean, it's just, we're dealing with children sometimes. I want to spank some people. No, I mean, people, I think, yeah, I think more sober takes will probably emerge coming soon. But I think we're now, you know, so first there was Russia Gate that kind of divided the progressive YouTube world. Then COVID divided it. And now this one, I think, because they're gonna they're gonna, you know, make these points so many times and try to be so firm on it, and then they'll they won't be able to even maneuver a little bit. So I can see that happening. No, I, I agree with you there. I would say that it's I, I'm it's kind of like Trump. It's a bit sad. But it's good when Trump got elected. A lot of people who I love, uh, you know, they, in my view, they lost their mind. Now you you said Trump, hold on, hold on. That was brilliant because that reminds me of a a point I wanted to to make. And I've also added, I've made one part of the point to you before, which is uh, the invasion kind of reminds me of the Trump presidency in the sense that so many experts from all sides were like, no, no, no way that Trump is going to win, right? 
but then he won, right? So we were all like a yeah, bit that's surprised. True. That's true. And you know, the same thing happened. However, that doesn't mean that everything that was said about Trump afterwards were actually, you know, um, accurate or not the other way around. Do you, you, you know what I mean? Like just after oh. that, okay, now everything that we're saying, oh, uh, Trump is bad in that way, Trump is bad in this way, all of these things are true they're not just oh, no, because no, that no, happened no. so just because this invasion happened doesn't mean that everything that will derive from it will also be true or you know oh, we were wrong now we need to now we need to believe everything I mean, that we are told just because of that you know then they started saying so much bullshit about trump there were so many right bad things to condemn him about but of course they didn't and it just went into you know it's kind of russia gate stuff and x y and z and same thing no. here. So I think there are these kind of these two parallels. Just because this invasion happened doesn't mean that everything that follows from it and everything the mainstream media says after this is true just because this happened. And, you know, analysts from all sides seem to have been caught off guard. No, no, I, I know what you know. No, I, I agree completely just because we were we were and many other people were wrong about this doesn't mean the suddenly mainstream media is yeah, and everything about everything else. But then again, yeah. just because we were right about something at some point, I'm sure in my whole yeah. lifetime, I must have been right about something. Uh, doesn't mean I'm right about anything else. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just, yeah, case by cases. You have to go case by cases. But um, yeah, do you want to talk about the economics stuff a bit? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you start? All right. So before moving into the juicy fun parts mm-hmm. where I have a couple of articles, I thought we talked and about videos. The we have a bunch. I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm putting all the videos that you send me into kind of montage so people can also oh, watch great. them before that's we great. comment. They're short clips. So uh, there has been a, there was a, like that was a, personally was very shocking to me. There was significant sanctions. Nord Stream 2 was scrapped pretty much. There is sanctions. There is, uh, I mean, the SWIFT thing was a bit very su- surprising to me, although I believe Germany and Italy are getting exemptions yeah. <laughs> from uh, the, because they need to buy certain like energy stuff from certain. But the number of banks, I believe five or seven Russian banks have been removed from the SWIFT uh, uh, Swift is this as Iranian, by the way, everybody knows Swift because we've been cut from it for the last decade or so. Uh, it's a system that allows banks to, I mean, even when I was abroad, living abroad, I remember whenever my parents wanted to send me money, I the number then like not your bank account, not your, uh, I don't know, your debit card number, nothing. They needed your Swift number. Yeah. That was the number they would use to. Um, yeah, I mean, without sent- SWIFT, you pretty much in in the You're Western fucked. world, you can't transfer money between banks pretty much, I think, or yeah, like, yeah. or like accept any kind of pay or pretty much use a bank. <laughs> yeah, and That's the Russian, so bizarre, yeah. yeah, and that these things caused the Russian ruble to drop by almost 70%. Mm. It recovered somewhat, but then it has gone down, it's gone back up depending on the news cycle. Uh, uh, BP Shell, they are pulling their companies out. Yeah, that uh, was just... they did that fast, huh? They they didn't they. I don't think they removed their company. I mean, look, they, they they sold no, no, or no, they, they got rid of their stakes in Russian um, oil companies. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And in many cases, with uh, they were they were involved in potential future projects. Yeah. So they just yeah they didn't. They'll win. come back. They'll but, be like we'll be yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> since we are on the economic thing, this is from the Atlantic. I mean, surprising for Atlantic, this article wasn't, I thought that when I, I'm going to read it, it's going to have a very triumphant and in my view, somewhat disgusting tone because as somebody who's 
you know, sanctions are fucking awful. And I think um, the whole world is making it What if you target mistake. them? Target. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go, yeah, like in Kyle and this stuff. We find the two bad Russians and we target them and all the other Russians will rise up. And, yeah, you fucking idiots. Anyway, Russia's looming economic collapse by Derek Thompson. This, this is terra incognito. And I must say, as somebody who's a bit of a douchebag and loves sort of you know, douchey vocabulary in articles. I must say, I do like it sometimes. I was like, oh man, you did it. You found a good one. You found a good one. So this is- No, Charlie you're right. Incognito I'm looking at the headline. Economic... Right Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, this is a Terra Incognito. Incognito basically means anonymous, if I'm not mistaken. So Terra, like super, like Terra Terrestrial. So I was like, ah, oh. well, I had a vocabulary- No, there's a, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, yeah. It it means um, uh, in it means that like a region that has not been mapped or documented. No, terra incognito. Oh, terra really? incognita, really, actually, yeah. So it means like a region that hasn't that you know in maps it's not included for some reason. I thought incognito is basically you know anonymous, unknown, whatever. Yeah, no, that is terra. terra I thought is as in terrestrial, like you know, super, yeah. like amazing. But yeah, but fair. You're no, putting it right, sense. correctly. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, land yeah. that is land that is like hidden and not shown on a map. So it's exactly, anyway. Yeah, so you were right. Anyway, continue. Anyway. <laughs> I love how we put the fuck the Russian economy. Let's talk about the etymology of incognito. <laughs> this is terra incognito for economic policy. No country has ever faced this kind of global freeze out. Very interesting article because mm. what he talks about, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna read tiny bits of different articles, but what he talks about is that yeah, we've had similar situations to a lesser extent with Iran and you know that type of thing, but we've never had an economy at this level of integration. Mm. Let's forget about how big it is. Or I mean, it's famously Obama people and his team used to make fun of, you know, even when he was uh, his goodbye speech, Obama was like, don't make Russia this big monster. They their economy is the size of Italy. They would like he was what a dick by the way like he would mock like um russia quite a lot and his team as well but it's a heavily integrated uh, economy especially within europe not so much by the way in iran in iran you know who cares <laughs> but you know in uh, russia well sorry in europe uh, in germany in italy and especially with things. energy you know they're not like exactly. plums or bananas that you can go buy for someone else of course you can buy energy from somewhere else but getting it going is much harder than, you know, switching some other kind of import. Yes. Because yes. of the way it has to be transported and all that, that people, of course, know. Exactly. Now, I'm moving up, down. Uh, this is a, another, uh, like, sort of headline. A looming economic collapse within Russia. Although its geopolitical strategy puts it at odds with the West, Russia is an integrated member of the global economy. Only 12 countries in the world have more total exports. Russia trades oil, gas, and coal to much of Europe and wheat to Middle East and Africa. The sanction imposed so far amount to a kind of siege of a country that depends on access to global markets. This is terra incognito for economic policy. No country has ever faced this kind of global freeze out. The implications are hard to predict, but several consequences 
are already apparent in a form of bank run, runs and along ATM lines. And for those people who want to say that, you know, sanctions can be targeted, I'm sure those people who are, you know, uh, lining up behind ATMs, they're not pensioners, they're Russian billionaire oligarchs. Yeah, no, oligarchs. Because, like, because, let me take yeah, it. <laughs> because Russian bucks. billionaire oligarchs famously save all their money in a debit card under their own name. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, Russian people are going to suffer. Ukrainian people are going to suffer. I mean, uh, Macron, I don't know if you heard this, but Macron said something about the economic war. And then Medvedev, the former president of Russia, said that uh, you should be careful with uh, how you talk. Economic wars lead to um, hot wars, mm-hmm. the actual wars. So I think, yeah, that's very likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is a nice article. And I mean, just from the length of it, it kind of tells me that, you know, it's a bit of a different article than other Atlantic articles. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to read a couple of shitty. Uh, yeah, anything else that this article um, points out that you want to? Mm, not really. I mean, I, I think it's a great article. Everybody should check yeah. it out. But overall, it's a very I mean, it's still coming from a place of, you know, uh, you know, it's not like pro-Russia or yeah. like leftist or anything like that. But I'm but literally. Still, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm just literally shocked because this article is like half the length of a normal Atlantic. Is it half? It's so short. I mean, compared to the other ones. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not full of like six paragraphs of like personal stories leading to. There is no talk of my wife. My wife's donor told me that this is wrong. This is wrong. But okay, uh, this is uh, I, I okay. Let me read this as well because I think this is actually quite gives a. I find that's why probably I like this article. We should not root for a punitive calamity in Russia. The suffocation of the Russian economy might be morally justified given the ruinous invasion of Ukraine, but these measures are without precedent. Maybe the sanctions will work by driving Putin to the negotiation table. Or maybe they will make him feel concerned and cause him to lash out in a catastrophic way, committing suicide for a fear of death, as Otto von Bismarck put it. This was Vladimir Putin's war to start. It will be Vladimir Putin's war to end. But it falls to the West to convince Russian leader that he has the most to gain by bargaining rather than bombing. And I think that, I mean, I might not necessarily agree with the hundred percent of everything said in the article but that's a sentiment i can definitely mm-hmm. get behind that yeah we need to get into the bargaining rather than the bombing sort of i mean i'm like i i'm increasingly like because i i'm increasingly having a sort of a split personality disorder <laughs> because i most of the things i consume i consume as if i'm a western citizen but i'm not <laughs> so i I don't, I don't know, but yeah, whatever. We're all Western citizens in this world. So. Yeah, I think so. We are all liberal citizens, capitalists. Capitalist slaves, that's we are all. Yeah. But now, moving on to a more fun bit, I thought just because we gave the... Uh, or, or we can talk about... Do you want to talk about the video about finance first or you all know Hariri article? We can go with... Um, up to you. I mean, the, the finance video that you shared with me, I told you I wasn't... I was I didn't have really any takes except that they were you know they seemed like they knew less than us 
not only about the politics, but even about the finance, which I was no, a no, bit they surprised. Didn't. No, no, they didn't know, man. They yeah. knew the guy. That's the thing. The guy, I was sure, yeah, that's interesting. I was sure the guy to you going to sound very, almost kind of like uneducated. Because they, there's this Dylan Rattigan and the other guy whose name I always forget. They have a podcast. And I'm really interested in their podcast because they're very financial and economical. Yeah, outfit. I love that kind of stuff too, usually. Yeah, but th- so I listened to it this week and it's so interesting because I think when you're such an expert on economics or like finances and all that, it can give you a bit of a tunnel vision. Mm. And it was fascinating to hear the guy because he's an expert and I don't think he's an expert that is in the pocket of the, um, you know, the global estate. Or yeah, whatever. no, it wasn't. I didn't get that kind of vibe from it. Yeah, yeah. but, but, but I, I, let me see, see if I can summarize it correctly. I think his argument was that the, like Dylan Rattigan was saying that this is going to cause an increased uh, financial activity within crypto markets, within alternative to dollars and China, Russia, and all that going to go towards that. The other guy, his argument was like, no, because the sanctions have worked. That was his argument. They have worked so well and he kept saying the economy of russia is destroyed their money is nothing now it's blah 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 it's going to be a cautionary tale for china and other countries and that's it's in that way it's not gonna it's going to be actually uh increase the powers of the financial uh global this current financial global system Maybe not dollar, but the current financial global system. You see, so you don't think that's a bit premature to jumping uh, on that? Oh, day. I think so and too. And also, I, secondly, that I, this is setting this kind of precedent. I mean, we've seen what sanctions do to Venezuela or perhaps I, Iran or other countries. I mean, they're all different and there are other elements that go into it. I but yeah, that agree. is my exact thing. It just seemed like they were reaching one too many um, conclusions based on what's going on literally for eight days. I mean, and they are right. There's been a huge. The way well, they unified over it, the way they've unified over the sanctions, all the countries, even Germany was like, yeah, of course, it's going to be powerful, but we'll see the impact if it remains this way, if other doors don't open. And I'm not even going to go into crypto stuff because that's an easy one for me to no, kind no, of poke no. wait, holes, wait, wait, um, wait, wait, a wait, wait. bit. No, 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 no. Dylan Rattigan, I feel like had actually a more reasonable point. The fact that in such situation, it would be in the benefit, at least in medium term, it would be in the benefit of countries like Russia or Iran to allow for cryptocurrencies to become a bit of a, you know what I mean? Like, and, and okay, this do. is a yeah. place. And they and, do, but they, in long term, they may crack down on it. But I would say, yeah, I, I think Dylan Rattigan was very much reasonable. But the other guy, I think that's, a, that's what I'm talking about, tunnel vision. Because I remember the exact same arguments about Iran being made when uh, Obama put on his like I must say, by the way, as a range, but the things that Obama did to our economy were far worse. Like I, I like the crimes he committed against the Iranian people are far worse. Uh, but anyway, but anyway, I heard the same arguments then. I heard the same arguments when Trump pulled out of the 
deal mm -hmm. that you know oh iran is going to become venezuela iran is going to oh my god at any moment it's a collapse sepah the military they're they're collecting money actual like dollars they are it's in the airports they're about to take off with airplanes full of money <laughs> like i've heard this fella but i i don't think he's like being disingenuous or anything no i think it's the tunnel vision you get when you're such an expert in something and you see that something i'm they like based on numbers Russia. I mean, by the way, a lot of people on BBC Persian and stuff are like, you know, a Russian economy is only like two percent of economic global economic activity. How come it is so important? People who call in, not the experts, and because these numbers are fucking bullshit. More yeah. as you know, you know, they pour, they have gas and oil, motherfucker. It's two percent. This is very crucial. Two percent. <laughs> You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I was just interested in that debate. It, it was very fascinating because I've been having it with a lot of Iranians, too, that they're saying Russia is fucked, their money is fucked, they're fucked now. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, we shall see. I mean, I'm going to come back to the crypto for a second, but there's one more thing I wanted to ask you, which they found to be, like, unprecedented, and they're like, wow. And they're like, look at this, even neutral Switzerland, this is like, this, even neutral Switzerland, are okay with these sanctions. So they named, they were like, even Switzerland are um, on board, even Germany on board. This yeah, is why it's I'm so sorry. different. When, have, when has Switzerland not been on board? Like, I mean, I you know, the neutral yeah. thing, I think about Switzerland, I don't know that much, but I'm sure there needs to be some demystifying of it over it's like mostly history about World and War time. One and two, really. And yeah. in, in, in different aspects. But yeah, they did get a line. I mean, they couldn't, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they did agree to impose all the sanctions that the EU agreed, but also that whole part of this unity here is like so strong. So this making a difference. And I mean, you know, the Germans, they impose the sanctions, but they're still, they're like, okay, but make us an exception yeah, <laughs> for us to, to, to get our... We need our, uh, uh, heat, if it's okay, yeah. we need good it's warm. Like, I hate you so much, mom, you're such a piece of shit. Can I have 10 bucks? <laughs> 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 yeah, right, so sorry for these childish things i don't if you don't have anything to add on that or if you haven't been like for you that whole thing of this unity thing and the switzerland no, and annoyed, stuff i don't know like yeah. to, uh, you but no but let's move on to a more increasingly but, we're we're moving from serious to more fun yeah i'll leave my crypto stuff aside because man, we no, talked to us no all i want to say that like oh well you see this is just gonna give crypto such a boost and, you know, just look at Bitcoin and they were talking about Monday. This was recorded on Monday. And yeah, crypto in these situations, it is one use. You know, you can circumvent a little bit using Bitcoin to make transfers. And actually, the funny thing that's happening, a lot of people in Russia, they're just turning their money into the it's called Tether. And it's a it's a stable coin. And it's just pegged dollar. to the dollar. So it's just yeah. like you found a way to put your in dollar. But the thing is now uh, Bitcoin is actually down 5% compared to what it was yesterday. And it's not going that way because, and this part, I'm not understanding hundred um, percent too well, but the fact that crypto and Bitcoin can't be stopped and it can just flow before, before people that they want is like half true. Because a lot of people are buying the cryptos and stuff from these pretty much like versions of markets like Wall Street, uh, I forgot the kind of word that they have, but they own it and you buy it off them. And they're already being told, hey, it's okay, keep on selling it to the Ukrainians, but try not to sell it to the to the Russians. Uh, so even Beyonce, Bits 
beyond something is one of the major marketplaces they recently about three months ago like they stopped allowing iranians to that you need to yeah. step very authentication and stuff and uh, like if you have iranian passport here yeah so i think if you're so, really skilled no, there's I, a way I, of going there, around these markets like, okay, i know i'm just the no, only no. point i want to say i think if you're skilled enough no, you can go around even, around these kind of markets so sure it can be used a bit more but even that they were reading into it too much and they're like oh the proof is in how bitcoin reacted no, no. the other day well it stopped I reacting think, that way and going up look dylan ratkin actually did say like within 10 to 20 years i think or 10 to 15 years so i think he's talking medium term he's not talking this week or next week no it's yeah, well, and, but he, and, yeah and i think he's right in a sense that look it will be advantageous in a Russian and Chinese and Iranian and Brazilian and Indian economy, because all these economies, besides the fact that they are anti-American or pro-American or whatever the fuck they are, they're extremely corrupt economies, right? So, and uh, an industrializing and developing economy is one of the most corrupt. You can just go read about the development in Japan and Germany. I mean, the corruption stories go Corruption and gruesome stories will make your head for it. Uh, so I think it will be in their benefit of the governments to maintain a sort of a black area of digital yeah. currency, cryptocurrency and stuff to do their trading in an increasingly polarized world where they are trying to hide their shit from another government. So yeah. that's all. I think that's what I, And I agree point. with not, that, but that's much, that more, that's much more reserved or, than what he was saying. So, And that's exactly what I say, that there are some use cases and stuff, but don't blow it away. And, you know, if you think that only using Bitcoin and crypto allows you to circumvent all kinds of sanctions, um, it doesn't really necessarily seem to be the case. Because the, even enough. that no, can I be controlled in some way, even that can become um, harder. And as you said, you know, the, you gave the example of the Iranian one. And the thing is, so apparently a lot of time when people are buying Bitcoin now or any kind of other crypto and if somebody knows much more than me please correct me they're not necessarily they're buying it through these kind of platforms and these marketplaces who themselves have already bought so they have like bitcoin in their bank so they're selling you the bitcoin based on how i'm understanding that's why you can tell them you know don't don't sell it i think them some don't of let them are marketplace from what i understand some of them, some of buy them from are other people some you buy from other people but some you buy even directly from them if I'm not uh, mistaken, but I could be a bit wrong here. But it's just, again, to show that crypto and Bitcoin are it are not above life and politics and human beings to Nothing. the extent, to the extent, life. especially to the extent that crypto, uh, you know, advocates Details. want it to be. Yeah. So sure, it no, might, but... it's more detached than the US dollar from the government. I'll give you that, but also not to the level that you're reaching. No, I, I like to see nothing is above politics. <laughs> like nothing is. I mean, I hate when people say we want to like above bureaucracy yeah. and politics. <laughs> we are above that. Fuck you. You're not. You're very much part of it. Nothing is above that. It's always yeah. about politics. Do you know what's that. the definition of politics? Once this professor, he was like, he was like, what's the definition of politics? And nobody Polity- knew anything. I think it comes from polity, Greek from a city, like coming mm. to like a power of the city, something like that. He like, didn't explain it in that way. He explained it in a different definition that he gave. Which I thought, I, I like, thought I'm yeah, probably no, which, wrong. And this could be his, but this kind of stuck to me and I thought it makes sense. He said politics, what it means is 
overcoming differences and challenges before it reaches war. Because once it reaches war, it's no longer politics, then it's a war. So as long I'm as sorry, there are disagreements, some... no, but All it's right, just, no, as long I as there are... you're going to go Hold for on. a real definition. This is hippie-dippie. No, All right, and this ahead. guy was far from being hippie-dippie. The point is that there's no such thing as being beyond politics. Otherwise, that means you listen to everything that somebody else says and you just follow their opinion. Because as soon as there are differences and you don't want to resort to war, so you do politics. And that's how he defined politics. So based on that, nothing can be above politics unless you want to just follow others like a sheep. Yeah, but I mean, it still sounds hippy-dippy to me. I mean, <laughs> you, Clouds said that politics is, you know, war is the continuation of politics by other means. So I think even war is politics. So I don't understand what, what like, well, everything then, but, is politics. So that's yeah. my point. Uh, Polity, I, th- I let me Google this. Let me. Google uh, this. Uh, you're not gonna Wait, find it. Please, please, please <laughs> let me. I'm etymologizing. But if you read them, like the first ones that come up on Google, they kind of support what I kind of said. Citizen, see, I knew it. It came from. Sorry, what did you say? I was it kind of supports um, what I'm saying. You know. No, it supports what I'm saying. It's uh, it's it means from it's from Greek uh, politikos. From polites, citizen, from police, city. You know, we have first. Okay, that's the root. But what's the, what's the meaning? Like, for instance, the first on Google, the first one that comes up, it's the activities associated with the governance of a country or area, especially the debate between parties having power. So that's I think the hippie dippie. <laughs> <laughs> I only believe in a literal. <laughs> original greek <laughs> but you only gave the origin of it you didn't say the original definition you just say it's roots <laughs> yeah, yeah but anyway right. let's, okay, let's I, move I get on. your point i, yeah. I get your point yeah fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> let's move on i don't even know where we're moving on to what was next oh i'm uh, history and you all oh. know hariri hariri the most disappointing uh, article okay let's start with we're gonna do them uh we're gonna start with sort of an ancient like a bit more history stuff but it, now we are going ancient history and then we're going to come to do some media coverage of this great war. So let's start with this guy, Yobal Noah Hariri. Harari, Harari, I think, I don't know. He's a, uh, he's a writer, historian of Israeli origins. He wrote this very famous book called uh, Sapiens. Uh, uh, I forget the tagline, a history of human beings or something. Yeah. It's like the most popular, I mean, it's in yeah. all bookstores. It's like just. I'm sure like majority of our viewers, their mothers or their yeah. fathers have been a big fan of this book. I mean, my dad gave me the book. <laughs> I'm sure your mom has read it too. My mom, it's, it's big fun fan. One. My dad, good book. <laughs> my dad is like barely reads. <laughs> like all, uh, yeah. No, the from... book is good because I mean, it's all like history women... meets fiction. And he just and, tells a story. Uh, he manages to tell um, and then meets self help. <laughs> then there is a bit of self help bullshit in there too. But I've never. I mean, it was fun. I think if you're fourteen or thirteen, yeah. it's a good book to read. But like, if like, it's not real history. It's not like you know. No, I can't about, be the, the book. Like, I mean, the the book has less sight. The book is this thick, and I mean, I've tried to look for citations. It has it covers, less citations than like. Uh, a five-page article so i mean yeah and it covers 
history of all humanity. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is definitely a fun read, and it has some fun, points yeah. that I'm sure are more or less yeah, historically yeah, yeah. accurate. It's just the way he links everything. It's it's impossible for yeah. that to. Be. It's good, by the way. People, he comes from the same. He's not as bad as the guy we covered, the Yon. By the way, what is with Hariri named people? Is that like a family name? Does Hariri in some language means like a, you know, grifter or something? No, yeah, no this guy's a much, this, I wouldn't put him no, in the same category. Grif- no, no, no. But it's the same, he appeals to the same exact nice liberal, tushy, wishy, wishy, you know, oh, let's, why can't we all get along type bullshit yeah. people? Oh, big corporation. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, sorry. It's just this. It's just typical. Just they just sound bites. They're sound bites. Anyway, but I was so happy that finally he wrote an article where I can attack him because his writing is just his type of writer that just gets away without being concrete enough that you can criticize. But, but now it, he's written. Now he's written fantastic article. L- listen to. This. So this was published on 28th of February, so six, six days. Monday, yeah. Why Vladimir Putin has already lost this war? You all know Harari. The Russians may yet conquer Ukraine, but Ukrainians have shown in the past few days that they will not let them hold it. By the way, this happened like two days, two <laughs> days after the war. They already shown it to you all. You all already... <laughs> It's proven to me that you're not going to, you know, let them hold it, you know. He's adding wonder, a chapter to his book already. He's like, you know, yeah. you, the next the next <laughs> version, just add this to hey, By the way, his book had a sequel, Dukes. Dukes, Dukes, Dukes in Greek means God. Hmm. Dukes, uh, Sapien or something like God, like man. It, I don't remember. The uh, second one was even worse than the first. <laughs> anyway, um, uh Let's, I think you should really read the I think you should really read the first paragraph for this yes, one and then exactly. stop I think I'm going to read yeah. I have some I parts. Make a point. Okay okay but yeah, good, yeah yeah exactly Yeah exactly the main point is in the first paragraph less than a week into the war it seems increasingly likely that Vladimir Putin is heading towards a historic defeat he may win all the battles but still lose the war <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Sure, wait whatever, a minute. whatever. Wait whatever. a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. He may win all the battles. You may say he win most of the battles but lose the war. He win some battles but lose the war. Not all the battles. Like, he took it further that. than in movies because in movies they love that, right? They're like, yeah, they, we they, might they, have lost the battle, but battle. we haven't lost the war. war but yeah. battle, not... We lost all the battles because if you accumulate them, I believe that leads to you having lost the war. In movies, they're more accurate than this guy's second sentence here. In Hollywood movies, yeah, we may have lost the media war, we may have lost the actual war, we may have lost the culture war, but we won the battle. We lost the territory. We, we may be confined to a small house in a, in a basement of an old lady's house. <laughs> but of course, but, hopefully it doesn't come down to these things, but we're just mocking yeah, this yeah, yeah. Yes, second yes. sentence. We're mocking the article. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, what should, anyway, should we start to flagellate ourselves? <laughs> Does that make things better? Let's laugh. But yeah, <laughs> still lose the war. Lost all the battles. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, this is where an editor wait, wait. steps in. You know, he's like he may <laughs> win some of the battles, but still lose the war. No, but this, in my view, it's a reflection of the fucking uh, liberal mindset. Some people call it the West Wing mindset. This idea that, you know, even if, like, we lost everybody, <laughs> everybody on our team is dead, we lost all the territory, but we won the argument. We had the better arguments in the room. I, ah, okay, good for you. Anyway, uh, all right. Uh, Putin's dream of rebuilding the Russian Empire has always rested on the lie that Ukraine isn't a real nation, that Ukrainians aren't a real people, and the inhabitants of Kiev, uh, Kharkiv, Kharkiv, whatever, and Lviv yearn for Moscow's rule. That's a complete lie. Ukraine is a nation with more than a thousand years of history, and Kiev was or- already a major metropolis when Moscow was not even a village. But the Russian despot has told his lies so many times that he apparently believes it himself. Okay. okay. I think for, go. for the part of substance, <laughs> we should stop here. Because this is why I was so disappointed in this article. I was hoping, hey, maybe I won't agree with, with it. But this is a historian and I would love to hear his take on, you know, Ukraine borders, whether Kiev was bigger than Moscow and all of this. But no, he decides not, does, he doesn't elaborate on that whatsoever i was so disappointed i was like come on at least two or three paragraphs argue that fact but no there was nothing else and then he just goes on to you know writing things like the ukrainian people are resisting with all their hearts winning the admiration of the entire world and winning the war i mean then he just went it's not a poem but then he went to write like you know a pro-ukrainian prose i mean i was extremely disappointed that come on this is again where the editor comes in is like should we expand on this first paragraph slash main claim of the article or no apparently they went with no no uh, i mean why would you it's just (laughs) (laughs) there's no point but uh yeah so but i like to expand on the fucking point he made because this, this yeah maybe you of- can I guess <laughs> because the actual historian for some reason decided not to be a historian yeah, so yeah at least- but, nah, no, more than that uh, again I'm you see as I get angry I go to Persian uh, nah, nah. Oh, hold on uh, I'm not but- I'm not the one who missed it right he doesn't come back whatsoever no he to does his like main uh, people no. but the article is on Guardians yeah. so it's free as well but you can check it out yourself no he doesn't come back to it. Uh, he not yeah, once. Talks There's about, not as, one as, sentence. As you said, he talks about the brave Ukrainians who are fighting. Each Russian tank destroyed, each Russian soldier killed, increases the Ukrainian courage to resist. Nations are ultimately built on stories. Each passing day adds more stories that Ukrainians will tell, uh, not only in the dark days ahead, but in the decades and generations to come. Unfortunately, this is the last paragraph. This is war is likely to be a long-lasting, uh, taking different forms. It may well continue for years, blah, blah, blah. No, he doesn't come back to the history of Russia or Kiev. Or... Okay. So disappointing. I'm, uh, I'm not a historian or anything like that. I had some historical readings and all that, but uh, it's not that fucking difficult. Like Google, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you can start there. The references are there and stuff. Uh, there is very limited historical basis for the Ukrainian nation. And I'm very sorry to, like, I don't, like, I'm sorry if 
I don't even know. I'm, I'm genuinely interested. If somebody can explain to me, Ukrainian nationalists, they, they say they are fighting against the Uttermensch, Undermen, and they're fucking uh, the international Jew. I mean, are there that many Uttermensch or international Jews left in Russia? Who the fuck are you fighting anyway? But there is no historical basis for Ukraine. The, okay, Rus or Russia, Rus, where Rus, according to majority of historians, but it's not quite sure, were probably a, a very Viking tribe uh, that would uh, that would frequently raid a Slavic population that would live on the lower side of the Danube and all the rivers that lead to the Black Sea. After a while, those uh, the Rus tribe becomes the sort of the ruling elite of that Slavic population. This is, um, this is even before the Mongolian invasion, by the way. Then you have the Byzantium Empire, in, uh, you know, over time uh, becomes less and less important. It uh, collapses eventually and all that. So you have the Byzantium uh, Greeks, uh, especially the, uh, the religious clerics and all that move to the north or at least their, their ideas somehow gets moved to the north. We are never sure if it's actual people or if it's the ideas that get to the move. And if the combination of these Byzantium sort of uh, Christian culture, Vladimir the, the Great gets baptized in, I think what is modern day Crimea, or which, is, which used to be part of Ukraine. I don't, yeah. So, and yes, Kiev is far older than Moscow, but it's uh, Kiev plays, that's why actually that kind of adds to the Russian claim over fucking Ukraine. Uh, you know, they claim that Kiev is a inseparable part, part of cultural history of Russia. I mean, I, I kind of agree, but I don't think you should go to war over yeah, it. You I know, agree with you there. Uh, yeah, yeah. like in Iran, in Iran, we talk about Samarkand and Bukhara and Kandahar. All of these cities are in Afghanistan, Turkmenistan, Ishkabad in Turkmenistan, uh, Dushanbe in uh, Tajikistan. All these are, you know, these are huge cities in Iranian history. And I hope one day maybe we can all unite somehow. But going to war over them? Fuck that. I'm not, fuck that. I'm not willing to kill people for that shit. It's just the cultural thing. But anyway, so yeah, it is true that Kiev is a far older city than Moscow. Moscow is a really, I mean, uh, even during Tsar's uh, regime, Saint Petersburg was the capital. Yeah, I was going to say, a, right? That that is, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, it's, it's such yeah. a it's such an insidious way of putting it in the first paragraph. Moscow was this back mm -hmm. as if the Russians are saying Moscow is awesome. Kiev yeah. is shit. Boo. <laughs> no, they, they, Kiev is they consider Kiev their homeland. Whether you agree or not, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I'm, and of I don't course, care as you said, that doesn't justify attacking a country and bombing civilians or any of that, of course. But exactly, like back, by the way, Baghdad, uh, this south of Baghdad is Tisfun, which is which was the which was it wasn't complete. It was the major capital of the last Persian Empire. Like now we like okay. I I hope one day through some economic union or something we all become union there is no borders blah 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 but i don't want people to go kill for over yeah. it. you know what i mean like chill the fuck and out this capital but, thing is oh sorry i thought you finished your point no no just i just wanted to say but i understand the historical resonance for the russian people or the for the iranian people
Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. Um, no, sorry. I was just gonna say, just the capital um, argument, just like one other way that was like insanely suspicious of it. I don't know too well the history. You're right. It was Saint Petersburg and all this, but it's often the case that the capital right now of a country is not like the biggest or more important city. You know, you take in Brazil, they built the city Brasilia to have the capital. In in US, it's Washington. It's not like. New York, the capital. In Canada, is Toronto. It's not Ottawa. So Switzerland, like, Switzerland, uh, Switzerland is famously has multiple yeah. capitals. And like Bern cultural. is there. Yeah, and Bern is the main capital. It's not Geneva or Zurich. I mean, there are countless Berlin, examples Berlin like is, this. Berlin yeah. is a very young city compared to Munich or yeah. So if uh, you, you divide know, a country Hamburg. at some point and then you use his logic of argument, it, it no, makes I mean, he <laughs> no say, sense. He didn't, to be fair to him, he doesn't mention anything about capital. He mentions the historical uh, significance of Kiev relative mm. to Moscow, which is like, yes, Russians would agree with you. Yeah. They consider that history their history, though. It's, uh, no, my, my, but, my, but, just my point yeah. was that, you know, just I think it still goes with what exactly he was saying, you know, just because, like, okay, Moscow is now the capital doesn't mean that historically is always the biggest city or anything oh, like that. Oh, I see. I this see. is a yes, very... Yes common thing just like the example yes that I, in that uh, iran by the way iran tehran was uh, is made cons- to be a capital 100 something years ago before that it was 200 just 200. about 200 one it of the main reasons yeah. yeah because there was no like one of the reasons muhammad shah qajar decided tehran should become the capital i mean partially it's a very safe city military wise surrounded by mountains Secondly, was that there was no, like, the real capital of Iran, the, like, oh, kind of, again, like Turkey, Turkey, Constantinople, Istanbul is a far, far more great, uh, like, greater in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, architecture, business than Ankara, the actual capital. In, ter- in Iran, the same, you go to Esfahan, the architecture is you know, fan, you know, it's that's where the historical stuff are. Yeah. yeah, that's the historical capital during the Safavid era. But you come to Tehran is basically a it's basically yeah. a you know beehive masquerading <laughs> as a city. It's like you know, America near your yeah, everywhere. It's uh, anyway, but yeah, very insidious article. And I think he's making up for lost time, so to speak, because he was criticized for editing the Russian edition of his book. I don't know. Uh, I, I read that just when really? I was doing research on this. Yeah, he was uh, criticized for uh, because he, for being too sympathetic to the Russians and editing certain chapters to be more, uh, I don't know, more not as condemning of I Russians. Mean, he is like, both, you might as well. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, I, exactly, it's not a, can you hear me? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you disappointed you. I was glad that you know i finally got a chance to attack him on you know fair ground so you know but he barely gave you that chance because if there were a bit more actual paragraphs that argued something we could have had a better chance of going but he doesn't unfortunately we're just limited to that first paragraph but but, but i think okay yeah you're right but then again he didn't have any arguments and i think this is an exemplification of his book in a but way talk this about kiev of... some more why not just a lot a lot of people would eat up that argument no, you can't. i don't if get you it do, yeah? if you do it justifies the russian position vladimir <laughs> the great i i swear so to maybe God, an editor did Kevin remove Rus. those paragraphs no the history of kevin Rus, uh which is the 
persecutor state to what is Russia today or Soviet Union, Tsarist Russia, was started in Kiev. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the truth. And uh, you, then you have the Mongolian invasion at some point, but then there is the re- there is the only the only like prosecutor state to Ukraine you can talk about are basically the, this thing called Cossack Hetmans. Hetmans, Hetmanet, I think Hetmans is, or Hetmanet is something about from Khagan. It's a borrowed word from Turkish, I think. I don't know. So, and uh, by the way, their main or, is them. And then there is like these, another like source of identity for Ukrainian nationalism is these white Russians who mm. were these groups who fought the red Russians after there was the revolution. Uh, Soviet revolution and they largely consisted of a bunch of basically gangsters who would go around uh, cities murdering Jews like uh, yeah that's I'm sorry but that's not a basis for national identity you know yeah so I mean anything else happen- to say- <laughs> I don't think it is maybe some people think it is yeah no I mean I agree I'm with gonna you take, I'm going to take a controversial <laughs> stand I don't think anti-Semitism <laughs> constitutes national. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and I mean, I really don't know much about the history or anything to to push back whatsoever here. So, <laughs> and you I, and Hariri didn't do me a favor. At least give me a few devil's advocate, a few counterpoints here. No, sorry, not you and Hariri. You well know her, Hariri. You, I yeah. By the way, I must say, I must say, this is neither here and there. And I admit this is a somewhat ad hominem attack. But like maybe somebody coming from Israel <laughs> shouldn't really talk about historical basis of nations too much. I'm just saying. I mean, that's you know, another, you just know, put down again, it's ad hominem attack, yeah. I know. But I'm well, saying it yeah. does come to mind when, you know, it's kind of like, Amer- like it's like Americans who just finished off basically about 50, 60 years ago, the genocide of Native Americans. <laughs> and now they are suddenly the biggest like, oh, genocide is so bad. Yeah. Well, maybe like you are not the best person to be like the face of the anti-genocide. Like, you know, I mean, those are just test. such easy arguments to even make about them. Like, we've been moved past that. You it's know? We're to be, it's like, No, no, we're trying, not yeah. even that. No, I'm talking about the Americans. We're trying to be even fair with some of like the officials and stuff. Okay, let's forget about everything you've done, which makes you hypocrite and you have no leg to stand on. But just present your case and we'll take it from there. Yeah. But yeah, so sh- should we move on to the to some of the media clips? Okay, sorry. On second thought, we're first going to talk about this uh, Condorisa point that Sam wants to make, and then we'll go and um, we'll move on to the videos like that. I can also chop up that segment if I want to. So go ahead. The floor is yours, Sam. No, I... I okay. <laughs> Did you freeze? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes in the media, I, I, okay, I have two theories. The bookers for major programs or for, you know, people write articles and stuff are super like left wing and are trying to like push the hosts to like do a left wing takedown or they are complete idiots. Like, like, why did you say this? Where does this come from? Because look, you have an Israeli guy writing about how, you know, changing borders is illegal, (laughs) you know, which is like, Okay. Well, to be okay. fair to him, he did it 
specify anything except that first paragraph. I mean, so, he's yeah. been critical <laughs> yeah. of Netanyahu as well. Yeah. So I don't want to like say he's a hardcore ultra nationalist Israeli, but it's just coming from him. Maybe somebody else, maybe a Swedish guy could write the same article, and it would I have mean, more effect. Anybody like, could I have written that article. I mean, that article was shit, but yes, yes, you're right. But anyway, my point is, like, you know, it's you remember the Epstein week that, where the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell yeah. ended? And I was telling you, it's like, okay, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but when you bring Bill Gates, Stephen Pinker, <laughs> oh and like all of other Jeffrey Epstein friends on TV say, telling you conspiracy theories are not real. Conspiracy theories are not real. So... Uh, that was a weird which, one, huh? That was a weird one. That was super weird. Yeah. But then this week you had on Fox News, I believe you had, they brought in Condoleezza Rice <laughs> to say, yeah, it's illegal to, it's international law tells us, tells us, us that, you know, you shouldn't invade a country without approval of the Security Council. Really? <laughs> really? Is it? What the what i mean anybody like you could bring anybody bring some some like some i don't know like freshman congress uh, you yeah. know from congress uh, republican person and he would say the same thing why do you have to bring her like what is going Man, on for some reason it doesn't even shock me i mean it's ad hominem it, no it's I, not I ad hominem that. at all it's substantial it is, it is. no it's no, substantial it's I mean, I mean because not, of the no, point that the person is making, sure, sure. But it's just so weird. You can bring anybody to say the same exact thing. You know, even Matt Taibbi would say the same thing. <laughs> Why do you bring the one person who's like herself could be like legally basically uh, prosecuted yeah. for the same exact crime if we if we accept international law as a thing? So, yeah, I don't get it, man. I, I still think it's half ad hominem because it's like kind of pointing out hypocrisy. I guess I don't know if that falls. Yeah, under. yeah, you're right. Half, half ad hominem. Yeah, man, I'm so not surprised, though, for some reason. I mean, George Bush, I don't think he's like capable of doing TV interviews or maybe right. he is. You're if not, right. they would get him. But he doesn't do it. I think he's like, guys, <laughs> I'm not, no, no, no. I don't I do mean, interviews. Yeah, they, I mean, they brought George, George Bush talking about Russians stealing our elections. The person oh, who they, did the that, yeah. they, they stole the election in Florida. I mean, like, can no, you somebody know, this, else at least? Sorry. Or, this... or, or, or no, George Bush talking about civility and Trump being so uncivil. Somebody who had people calling potential voters in primaries in Republican Party, insinuating that uh, John McCain adopted black daughter is a is like from a mistress from <laughs> vietnam like oh, you talking about civility and etiquette uh, uh, what the, oh, oh. let me say uh, something sorry. that's actually... why that's why i started the segment by going what is going on should i cut this off now we'll just leave it in there should I cut it off <laughs> and it's also we, we just returned from a pause so it wasn't like half you start yeah. off by <laughs> giving an I, I, it's too much contradiction cognitive but, dissonance too much <laughs> but sam let me actually you know again it's just like a quick little point that hit me today you know it's not that substantial but i feel like you know i always thought i was late to politics because i didn't get into it until i was like 20 20 21 ish 
which is like over a decade ago now. 25, I would and say. I feel... Four years to... Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like these... I mean, this and the COVID one as well, it's like these people who are like commenting on Ukraine or COVID, it's like both of them because they're new. It's like they had never seen anything in the past. Like I have just in these 10 years, I have seen these things in the past that I can just point out to, hey, you remember Iraq? Like I don't need to read a history book or something. I mean, I kind of saw it or like with COVID, they say government's doing this and that. I'm like, you know, were you not around for all the other like things that, you know, governments do and they're, they're, they're for their own their own objectives and not the people i mean this is happening again i feel like every two to three years the media can easily rely on okay there's been a complete reset now iraq war all of this nobody remembers it's not an issue i mean maybe they work off this assumption because it seems like every few years people just forget everything that happened except world war ii thank god this one thing that people i mean <laughs> remember i i don't want to defend the media but I feel like, sadly, majority of the people are nothing but uh, oh. dilettantes. You know, they're dilettantes. They just, you know, oh, that's that's a perfect, that came to my mind a couple of days ago. You know how people like, you like football, like the soccer, football, whatever, and stuff. And I remember, was it you or was it one of our mutual friends who like was telling me that how he hates it that every he hate he doesn't like world cup because every four years there are these people that like my my family members a lot of people who are they never watch football but world cup suddenly everybody's you know i think if they put uh this guy at the forward the team would prefer like suddenly everybody's an expert type thing you know so i think most people are just uh, like that about everything uh that works dilettons. too that argument works so well. so media no no i just yeah. connecting that to yeah, media. Yeah, yeah media capitalizes on mm. that because obviously majority of people are not following politics like crazy because they are they're not fucking psychos like us you know like you know they have lives like you know they they you know i mean you have partially life but uh, i try to get away from it <laughs> yeah once, once. i i haven't managed yet but you know uh, so they don't spend their every week king day and night uh, you know analyzing lies of politicians and different yeah. governments so when a major news outlet and significant number of people tell them something they go well that probably is likely true yeah. Uh, so you know i mean so i don't want to be like i'm not saying people are stupid it's just i think considering time constraints and all that it makes so and media yeah. is looking for the largest amount of audience and the largest amount of audience are the dilettantes of politics not the experts not the people who spend i mean we're going to we're going to talk about the video from bad faith later which i'm not sure if my criticism is right or if I've just seen so much political videos and I've seen so many interviews by journalists that I've become paranoid. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. (laughs) So, you know, that's an example of like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. So I think that's why every, like they can count on the fact that most people are not following shit consistently. So they can, and the easiest narrative is a good guy and a bad guy whatever yeah. that good guy or bad guy may be so they repeat that they repeat that they repeat that they repeat that instead of having a consistent 
like a sort of an arc. So yeah, no, I, I also take yeah, that could be the reason or when I but I mean, you know, people had seen so much of these things, but it's just I, as I, if wait, wait, are you implying my half are you implying my half-baked theory that I may have just came up with right now is not 100% true? Is that <laughs> what you're implying? I also gave for, you know, half-baked theory. So, you know, it's just, it's just a realization of, you know, it, you know, it doesn't say much, but it just seems like it. I'm like, come on, I'm new to this game. You guys, some of you are so much older than me. Like, every, what were you doing during that time? Every Iraq war and shit were all over TV. Condoleezza Rice is probably after Hillary Clinton, like the most um, famous secretary of state over the past um, 20 years or so. I mean, like she was all over the place. She was, you know, front and center. She wasn't. Hillary Clinton was also. Yeah, yeah. no, I said. Yeah, I said after Hillary Clinton. No, I'm just saying Condoleezza Rice was so front and center as well. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't hear the Hillary Clinton. No, no, no. I mean, she wasn't like one secretary of state who for some reason was, you know, did it was like you know didn't talk too much it was behind the scenes no she was one of the front people that they presented for for all, all yeah. this kind of war on terror and as they should she was secretary of state <laughs> it no, makes and sense again, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not but it's just like... exactly it's amazing that they bring her on to to talk about that and as someone who's done something horrible can come 